Harden, Harden, Harden. Oh my gosh. This Do we guy, mean Will Chamberlain? <laughs> <laughs> Reincarnated? I have never seen numbers like this. Yeah. I don't think ever. Welcome to the Three Balls Podcast. My name is Salvi, one of your three hosts. In this episode, we talk about what has surprised us so far in this short season, Carmelo Anthony signing with the Blazers, and the league leaders in scoring. Sit back, have a listen, and enjoy. All right, all right. Welcome to Three Balls Podcast, guys. Episode two, we got Ryan Hawk, we got myself as main, and we got Salvi in the building. We're just sipping on some uh, Tim Hortons right now. Salvi, what are you having? I'm having some Tim Hortons. Cold tea, is it? Yeah. Yeah, nice. I see you're having some coffee. You're going to be up nice. late. Yeah, yeah, man. It's coffee. I'm not a coffee guy, buddy. No, today, I need, I need it. I definitely need it. How about you, Ryan? What are you having? You good having? old water. Yes, <laughs> there water you go. Life. Water yeah. is life, ball is life. You ball know? is life, ball is, is, life. is yeah. life. All right, let's get yeah. this show on the yeah, road. Yeah, we just wanted to say, you know, for, for all you guys that are watching or listening in, uh, we just really appreciate all the feedback we got from our episode one. Um, you know, it, it like, you know, just three three dudes, you know, just trying to start, start something new. And uh, just the feedback that we got from our community and our friends and family is just, like, overwhelmingly uh, pleasant. And uh, we can't appreciate you guys enough uh, for, for our new journey. So, uh, stick with us. Uh, hopefully, we'll uh, entertain you guys more, and uh, let's let's get into it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Thank it. you, yeah. thank you uh, to everyone listening, and who listened to episode one, who's continuing for episode two. Uh, we got some amazing feedback. You know, things we can work on as well. And mm-hmm. every episode, we're trying to grow and and make it better for all of you listeners overall. So, thank you. We appreciate all of you listening in. Yeah, and the response we got was amazing too, right? Uh, I didn't expect like on the very first episode, people just going in and listening to it and giving us proper feedback. And, you know, we're just going to keep getting more comfortable. So here's us with our second installment. Let's dive right into it. Exactly. All right, all right. So big week in NBA. Um, We're so far about 13 games in uh, and a lot of things going on. We have the the Celtics and Lakers back at the top of the NBA. Like, who would have imagined since 2010? I don't, I know. I, I, I don't know about you guys. I was tired about Cavs. I was very tired <coughs> with the Cavs and Warriors every Oh, year. yeah. Totally. I totally. mean, I, I love the Warriors, but... Yeah, that's uh, that's, <laughs> that's always wrong. <laughs> but, you know, the, the aspect of seeing uh, the same teams play in the finals consistently. And, yeah, the outcome yeah. was a little different back and forth. It's nice. <laughs> you know, LeBron, yeah. Curry, they're great players. Don't get me wrong. But I like that excitement where you don't know who's going to make it up there. And yeah. I think we're seeing that so far. Yeah, I sure. think for me, like, having the Warriors not play in the finals is a big deal. Because they've been destroying the league for five years. And it's been sort of unfair <laughs> for the whole league. So so right now, we're just finally getting a breather. And where the yeah. whole league is sort of saturated. And, and everybody everybody's at an equilibrium where... People are talking. People, people are you know excited about basketball again, and yeah. there's no like two I'll, teams I'll, that are I'll say this. going along, right? Uh, so I'll say this: <clears throat> this season has definitely been unpredictable, and the things we're getting out of it, no one would have expected. And now, like this is one of the most exciting seasons. Hopefully, it's going to keep going like this, and we get a lot more excited excitement out of it. All right, yeah. so let's dive right in. I gotta ask you guys. You know, we have our first segment here. <clears throat> call it hit or miss or surprises. So, Salvi, three surprises that you've had in the NBA or you found in the NBA so far. Okay, so talking about unpredictability, one of the biggest surprises for me right now is, you know, I'm, again, we're going to go into, we're Toronto boys, so I'm going to start with our Raptors. I did not expect Siakam to be this good. If you look at his improvement from year one to where he is now, he starts off uh, under the radar, no one knows about him. 
and then he goes into the G League, and then once he actually starts playing for the Raptors, he averages like six to nine points. And then last year, all of a sudden, he's averaging 16 points, wins most improved player. And now he's averaging like, I think, close to 26 points. And that is just crazy. He's taken that superstar leap from the beginning to now in a way that was very, very unpredictable for a guy who's just started learning how to play basketball not too long back. I think he started learning at the age of 17, uh, if I'm not wrong, 15 or 17. Uh, And now he's literally carrying the Raptors to a top four seed. When even after Kawhi and Danny left and everyone thought that we would have a huge void in our uh, team and uh, people even said the Raptors might miss the playoffs even in the East. But look at us now. We're top four seed without Lowry. Lowry's injured. Ibaka is also injured. Uh, We have slew of guys just going in and out of the lineup because everyone's getting injured. Mm -hmm. But Siakam has kept us afloat. And also, I got to give credit to Fred Van Vliet, but the driving force has been Pascal Siakam and his superstar leap. And I'm so excited to see where he takes us this year. And I'm even even more excited to see his development. He might just win most improved player once more. Yeah. And I, I think, do you, wait, before we get into that, do you think he'll be an all-star this year? He's a surefire all-star. In the East, <laughs> yeah. most definitely. If he's not an all-star, I'm going to stop watching that. Yeah. <laughs> I would even say MVP candidate. He's up there, right? Uh, that, that might be a stretch. Yeah, it's a high I mean, if, listen, you never know. If the Raptors end up a, as a top two seed right. and Siakam keeps playing the way he is, I can see him end up ending up at least top three in MVP voting. Plus one MIP. You never know. Yeah. For a second straight year. Don't yeah. sleep on Siakam. All right. Yeah. So you have two more surprises. Here we go. Okay. So that was number one. <clears throat> Another one. A guy I love to hate on. And I've been hating on because he's been so trash. <laughs> Not using the word lightly. Yeah. Because of the expectation we had on him. Andrew Wiggins. He, listen, like when he, when he came to the league, we thought he would be Maple Jordan. You know, that's a nickname we gave of him. He was one of the most hyped players uh, since LeBron, until obviously Zion came onto the scene. But his uh, before being drafted, he was as hyped as LeBron coming in. People thought, uh, you know, his athleticism, his dunk reel on YouTube, that it's going to uh, he's going to be the next LeBron, and he's going to save the Cavaliers franchise when they drafted him. Mm-hmm. Obviously, they traded him to Minnesota, but that's the expectation people had of him. Yep. And in his first year, he 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 scored in bunches. He was really good, even though he wasn't all that efficient. But since then, it's just been a downward slide for him. Like, right. I never, he was scoring, sure, 20 points a game, but he was never impacting the game in any other way. His defense, if for someone as athletic as him, his defense was non-existent. Yeah. His, his box score would literally be 20-0-0-0. Okay, 20 points, but zero rebounds, zero assists, zero steals, nothing else. That's all he would do. And that's just not a way you, you improve your game. But this year... I'm seeing him driving and dishing to the side. I'm seeing him making like dimes that that you, you see LeBron make. Like you know, th- those are the improvements in his game that has been lacking for all these years. And all of a sudden, he just seems like he, he wants to do it again. Right. You know, and I feel like that's what's been missing from him that that desire, that want to get better. But now he is. Maybe it's that he saw. Um, He's outside the top 100 players in the NBA when the ESPN list came out, and that maybe triggered something in him. And I'm glad that it did because he has so much talent, and he's obviously, obviously he's also from Canada, so we all root for him over here in Toronto yeah. for yeah. him to do good. Because if he does good, that also puts shines a light on Canadian basketball yeah. with so many Canadian players taking it, uh, it, it take, uh, going off in the NBA. So um, he definitely surprised me, and if he keeps going like this, 
he can also be a candidate for a most improved player. And I know it's rare for someone to be most improved player when they're on a max contract like Wiggins is, right. which was disappointing till now. But he's definitely showing that he can uh, improve and he can he can uh, impact the game in a way. And him and Carl Anthony Towns together can even propel the Minnesota Timberwolves all the way up to uh, into the playoffs and maybe even a top six seed. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. Yeah, but uh, yeah. I'm happy for him. Yeah, twenty five point nine points a game, shooting forty eight percent from the field. And 36% from the beyond the arc, which is very impressive numbers. He's efficient. You know, he's not just... It's a huge improve from last year. Right, sure. right. Definitely. And in only 35 minutes. Very impressive. impressive. Minutes. Yep. Very impressive. All right. Uh, okay. The last one. The last, last one. Phoenix Suns. Who expected them to, yeah, that was, <laughs> to that be was, this good? Yeah, we did not expect that at all. No one expected it. Yeah. Like, everyone... Okay, if you were to tell me last... Before the season started... That the Warriors would be the worst team in the league, mm-hmm. and Phoenix would be like one of the better teams. Yeah. Who would have believed that? Never. No one. Never. And there's a complete role reversal. Warriors right now are Phoenix right. from last year and years past, and Phoenix uh, they're not the Warriors, but they're really good. And I, I would say maybe a lot of it could be attributed to Ricky Rubio and him them finally having a true point guard and Devin Booker having that space to now play and just score instead of having worrying about creating for others and. Aaron Baines, uh, I think he has one of the highest player efficiencies in the league. Someone like Aaron Baines, I and mean, someone like him whose impact you can't really um, quantify uh, or like you can really see. But then when you go into the advanced analytics of it, you can see how his impact in the game. And those two have completely transformed uh, Phoenix to now where they're playing free, they're playing fun. Devin Booker um, is playing like good defense finally and his numbers actually mean something because it's leading to wins before he would put up 70 points in a game and still lose but now those are actually be translated to wins and um that that was a huge surprise for me i think they're going to be a playoff team because it's just the eye test i saw them play the clippers and they uh, and they gave the clippers their first loss i believe Definitely. and they've been beating like quality teams and doing it uh like uh convincingly and I think they're also going to uh, be a player in the Western Conference playoffs. And I'm also excited to see where they go. Yeah, definitely following behind Devin Booker. 25 points a game, shooting 53% from the field and 50% from beyond the arc. Okay, yeah, those, yeah these, are, these are great surprises. Yeah. Uh, I like what you picked. I think uh, those are all valid. Um, I think Phoenix, uh, Phoenix is definitely a surprising thing uh, for me as well. Uh, I did because wor- after Warriors being out, I figured there was going to be one team that's going to really surprise us. I actually thought it was going to be um, the Utah Jazz. Um, but, uh, for, you know, because I, I like Donovan Mitchell, so that's why it's like a, it's like a biased opinion. But uh, They're not doing too bad. Yeah, they're not too bad either. But uh, Phoenix Suns is like, it's one of, one of the best teams right now, right? Yeah. So it's uh, definitely, definitely, definitely good. Ryan, what do you think? What, what's, your, what's, your, okay. what's your biggest surprises? So... For everyone on the podcast, they know I'm a big D-Wade fan. I love the Miami Heat. Mm. And sitting at third in the conference with their D-League players starting and their rookies starting, that's the most one of the biggest surprises to me. I did not expect that. Retooled their whole franchise by trading away Whiteside, picking up a guy from the D-League in Kendrick Nunn. Uh, picking up, he's uh, a great pick, by the way. He's been killing it for my best He's been killing it, yeah. Uh, and then Tyler Hero, a rookie that... Everyone slept on in the draft. I ain't like a hero. They pick up Jimmy Butler, a low-key free agency pickup, a nice veteran piece to add on. And surrounding their young pieces when they have Bam Adebayo, Winslow. Uh, Now they have uh, another player in uh, Derek Jones Jr. who's Mm -hmm. excelling off the bench. And 
they have a lot of energy and with the coaching experience around Eric Spolstra, I think they're a dominant team and <coughs> one of my biggest surprises thus far in the season. As a, no one saw Kendrick Nunn coming. He is an undrafted player. Um, no one knew about him and all of a sudden he's just tearing it up uh, during the preseason and then in the beginning of the season. I think if he keeps this up, I think he can be a rookie of the year. Yeah, potentially. Could yeah, very well potentially. be. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he just came back from the D-League from Santa Cruz Warriors to a yeah. Heat uniform starting. Yeah, here's a nice. shot. Very, very inspiring story for sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, what would be your second surprise? So my second surprise is not the most, I guess, marketed surprise. But I, I'm really impressed by Fred Van Fleet. Uh, again, Ooh. I'm a diehard Raptors fan as well, being from Toronto. But I know everyone is jumping on the Siakam bandwagon. But I don't think Van Fleet's getting enough credit. You're paying this individual $10 million a year. And I think he's contributing way more. Uh, now, him and Siakam are getting comparisons like, hey, they replaced the old DeMar, Kyle Lowry uh, <laughs> tandem and averaging 17 points and about six to seven assists per game while shooting efficiently. And as Lowry is down, he's still carrying the team from the point guard position. Um, they haven't lost a beat, even though <laughs> Lowry and Serge Ibaka, they're both out. Um, and Siakam has been killing it, obviously. But I don't think Van Fleet's been getting enough notice what he's been Man, that needs to have another kid. That's that's what needs to happen. <laughs> Ever since he had the kid in the finals, he's been like just tearing it up. Maybe raising his kid. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. He's, okay. he's gonna win finals I, I, MVP I, I, I if he, so, if he has another I think one. Steve Kerr made a joke about that in the in the, in the, in the NBA finals. Yeah. He's like, I really hope he doesn't have another kid for game six. <laughs> Oh, yeah, uh, just pumping out kids and pumping yeah, out stats. That's yeah, what Van yeah. does. Hopefully, if it works for <laughs> but it is a big motivation, I guess. Right? Like when you're when you when you have a kid, you're just you're just more amped to play, and you want to prove to your you know son, I guess, like hey, uh, your dad did this in the, in the NBA finals. Yeah, so. apparently Drake wants to say that too. <laughs> did you hear that uh, joke about? Um, Drake Drake acting like he won the finals and he's gonna show his son ten years down the line highlights of Fred Van Vliet. Oh, really? <laughs> be like, yeah, yeah, I was there. I played. <laughs> oh man, no, that's, that's great. They do yeah. look alike, though. They look very similar. Yeah, they do. They do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. All right. Um, and my third surprise. Uh, hmm. It doesn't have to be like it doesn't have to be three. But uh, you can, if you want to... No, I have one. Too. You have I one? have one. Okay. I have one, right? And it's the resurgence of King James. Hey, and his consistency. I mean, man, this guy is really impressive. He deserves the crown of king. Uh, some analysts deeming him as one of the best athletes to ever step on the floor. On and the I believe that. Huh? On the planet. On the planet, right? Cool. So I truly believe that. At, at what he's doing right now, 25 points per game, shooting 50% from the field... 11 assists per game. That is spectacular. He's the assist king right now. He's the assist king right now. But he's also scoring. He's getting these triple doubles. Yeah, he's he's scoring like 24 points. Right. uh, 24 points, 7 rebounds. You know what's different this year? His bench players are contributing significantly due to his success as well. Right? And he doesn't want to take the number one spot. But yet, just somehow, he he manages to take that spot. He's the best player. Right? Um, Davis is doing well, don't get me wrong, but you have to look at the guys like Dwight Howard. Danny Green's doing a lot better, I think, overall, efficient, efficiency-wise. And it's all uh, goes to King James and what he's been doing on and off the floor as well, right? We know sure. King James uh, is a big advocate for team events and team collaboration. You know, he's guy's been going to the finals for eight years straight, yeah. nine years straight, correct me if I'm wrong. But 
when you're doing that, you know the formula for success. You know how to get there. Yeah. You just need the right pieces around you. And I think the Lakers are a couple of pieces off from from getting to that. Potentially the finals. It's a it's a mm-hmm. good prediction. I think they're a valid team to to gun for that championship. For sure, uh, he looks rejuvenated, like, um, and you can tell because he, you can tell last year he felt disrespected. Uh-huh. You know when he posts up on Instagram hashtag Washed King. And then Anthony Davis is like, did someone call you washed? Uh, so you can tell that affected him. And that motivated him throughout the summer to go, go ham this year. And you can see like LeBron James in his year 17, no one from his draft class in, is in the NBA except Carmelo Anthony, who we're going to talk about in a second. But and Kyle Korver. And Kyle Korver. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But just think about that. Everyone's either retired or gone for good or just yeah. like they're not here. He's there and he's still playing like one of the best players in the league. And I'm excited to see what he does. And I'm all, I, I was surprised to see how well the Lakers meshed so early on. And they're going to be an exciting team. And they're going to definitely going to be a team to watch for in the West for sure. Yeah, yeah no, totally. And uh, that's why LeBron, uh, like having LeBron in your team, you're even if you have like another superstar, LeBron will still be the dominant player in, in, in that team. Mm-hmm. And the way he carries himself, the way he you know, spends almost $2.5 million in a, in a year on his body, the way he treats himself off-season and on-season, it's, it's just remarkable. And and I guess we can see his fruits of labor in the, in the, in the actual season, right? So um, hats off to the king. Yeah, hats, hats off, off to, to the, the king. king. All right, what uh, do you think, Esme? Yeah, so my biggest surprise uh, so far in the season would be the jump of Luka. Luca has made. Oof, that boy um, nasty. Yeah, like I am so <laughs> impressed by this kid. He he came from a Europe league and and uh, in the even in the first year, the way he was able to dominate the league in such with such ease, with such style, the swagger that he had, that was just remarkable. And I was just just completely. It actually reminded me of like a young LeBron James. And if you look mm-hmm. at his stats from when LeBron came into the league versus Luca's stats, it's very identical. And I am just baffled by how. He he was able to, you know, take a team that's that was. I think it was their last year. Dallas was in the second last seed, mm-hmm. and now how they're in. I believe they're in this fifth seed. I believe. Let me just check the stats. Uh, yeah, they're in the fifth seed in the Western Conference. They are, so yeah. um, eight and five, and right uh, behind the Clippers. Yeah, and he's averaging 25, 29 points, 11, uh, 10, 10 assists, and nine rebounds, almost triple double. Like, are you kidding me? In your second year. He's that just is, 20 years he's old. He's 20 right? years yeah. old. 20 years old. Oh, we look at 20-year-olds yeah. like kids sometimes. Exactly. <laughs> and, 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 and you know, like, um, I, I always notice this about European players. When they come from a Europe league to the NBA, they're very uh, pragmatic into how they approach their game. They're very technical. They're able to yeah. uh, decipher from how to play the games versus, you know, just, uh, just you know, just being out there and just, you know, doing it for, for whatever the team needs. And I think that's what makes him, like, very special, just his ability to get others others involved and, you know, scoring and doing everything what it takes to, to pretty much, you know, win a game, right? So that was a surprise to me. Uh, number one, one. Mm-hmm. and then second would be, of course, my 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 guy, my LeBron James, you know, <laughs> the king. Of course, you're uh, I mean, I'm not surprised, but it's just I'm not like, surprised. No, it's no, like I'm surprised. Dominating. Yeah, yeah, I'm surprised in the sense that this is year 17. You've been in the league for 17 freaking years, and you never slowed down. Yeah, like that is. Uh, 
it, there's there's a level of um, uh, as a fan you can sit back and watch him uh, grow and and appreciate his game but to be able to do that for that many consecutive years and still be that great and still be dominant with players that are like much a decade younger than you that to me is just uh, like unheard of and and, and uh, we can and we can get down to that topic later on in in in, 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 our, in our podcast but I think me personally, how I define greatness is, uh, you know, greatness is not just about, you know, scoring, doing, uh, doing whatever you need to do to help your team win. But it's also staying great for a longer period of time. Yeah. And I think I was actually thinking after his injury, he was going to go down a little bit. The fact that he's still able to average 25 points, 7 rebounds, 11 assists, that is just, uh, like, remarkable. With Anthony Davis being in the lineup. Like, oh, that, yeah. you know, like, he's, yeah. that, that is, that is nuts, right? So... That's my second surprise. And the third surprise, I would say, uh, would be uh, Portland Trailblazers as a team. Okay. So I've always been a fan of Portland Trailblazers mm-hmm. ever since uh, Dame came in, in into the league. And I felt like over the years, he the, that team has been like the most underrated team of all time because they, for the last three years, they've been always starting off very slow and they're able to rise up to the top and compete with elite teams, elite Western Conference teams. Mm-hmm. And I feel like over the over the course of the NBA season, they've been always been overlooked. Dame, uh, Dame Lillard has been the most underrated point guards of all time, in my opinion. He's such a killer. He's such a he's such a killer instinct. He's he does He's a dog, man. He's he's the elite version of pa- Patrick Beverly. My eyes. <laughs> like he will get you that win. He will do whatever it takes to to win the win a basketball game. So the wave by after. Yeah. So so as, yeah. Exactly. So so as a team uh, for for the Trailblazers, I feel that even though they started off kind of rocky, they're five and nine right now. But I think um, if you give them you know ten more games, they'll ease into the season. They have you know CJ. They have Portland. Uh, sorry, they have uh, not Portland. Portland is the. <laughs> <laughs> they have Portland. Yeah, Portland. They have Portland. Portland. Yeah, the city. Yeah, the city. Yeah, yeah. It's okay. Episode yeah. two jitters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so they have they have Dame. They have CJ. They have Hassan Whiteside. You guys are forgetting Hassan Whiteside. He's he was so dominant when he was in the, when he was in the Heat. He used to average like a few years back. Yeah, a few. I mean, yeah, a few years back. Um, with, if you if you don't discount his, uh, he's having a good year though. He's having a good year. He's, he's I think he's year. averaging like what eleven and fifteen and twelve. Fifteen and twelve. Yeah, there you go. It's a pretty yeah. good stat line. And uh, you know that's that's what that's what you need need him to do, right? Um, when when um, uh, when like you you know when, when you have you pretty much three set players that 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 will do whatever it takes to win. And uh, I feel that even the Portlands are in in a in a rough start right now. Uh, they will pick back up within the ten games. And uh, I can see them in the in the fourth seed in the, in the future. So um, yeah, so that would be it for me. What do you think? What do you guys think? I don't know about your Portland take to be honest. Um, I think they're at they're actually at risk of missing the playoffs because look at the West. Who's who's Portland better than? Are they better than Dallas? Are they better than Phoenix? Are they better than Minnesota? I definitely, I definitely think they're better than Minnesota. I think they'll Maybe, be eight perhaps. Seed. Yeah, I think they'll be eight. I, I think overall talent wise, experience wise, mm-hmm. you talk about the veteran presence mm-hmm. and the pieces that they surrounded exactly. with Dame and CJ. I think they picked up quite a few. For sure, but a team that went to the Western Conference Finals to stumble out of the gate like that—that's uh, just not a good look for me. And especially when you have your superstar in Damon Lillard right. and CJ McCollum, and perhaps that is why they. You know, went in panic mode and signed Carmelo Anthony again, which which we're going to talk about in a bit. Right. Uh, but I I just don't see how they're going to be that good this year because the West is loaded mm-hmm. and Portland to me does not look very good. Um, and you know, even though you have Damian Lillard, every other team almost seems like what in the West has one superstar like that. 
right? Right. But you also have to look at the league in a in a way it, that is it is it is very different from last like for the last couple of years yeah. because now it's a dual league, right? So mm-hmm. when you have a dual league, every team is no team is actually stacked all all, all one through one through ten. There's no teams in the NBA that's like super stacked, other than mm-hmm. I would say maybe maybe Clippers. So I think when you have a dual star, you still have a chance. There's about nine teams in the NBA that that could potentially win the championship. Yeah, it's fair to say, right? Fair so, so I, I don't. I, so for me, that's why I don't want to discount uh, Trailblazers because uh, they always get off to a rocky start, and I feel that uh, eventually Phoenix Suns is gonna be eliminated, either Phoenix Suns or Minnesota Timberwolves, uh, and and Portland will be the be the rise yeah. to take those two spots. Yeah, I, I see that think? happening because yeah. I. It's only like 13, 14 games in. You can't say Phoenix is gonna be a playoff team right off the bat. Yeah. They're playing great. But the season's a long, it's an 82 yeah. game season, exactly. right? We're not even one eighth of the way exactly. down. And here's another thing, right? We're also forgetting about the supporting cast that the Blazers have in Rodney Hood. They have Ken Bazemore, who they picked up. That's a pretty good pickup. And you're talking about the rookie that they have, or sorry, sophomore and Fierney Simons. He's actually contributing quite a bit. I've heard a lot of analysts picking him as one of the sleepers. Um, that are going to pick up for Portland. And I do agree with what Asmin was saying, that I feel like they are a second half of the season team. Mm-hmm. They shine, they play it slow, similar to the Spurs. The Spurs, they don't push it to the limit until after the All-Star break, and they've done that. Obviously, right. they had better teams in the past. Right. I'm just saying I feel like Portland is one of those teams that can eliminate, yes, perhaps the Suns, perhaps the Timberwolves, hey, maybe even the Dallas Mavericks, per se. Yeah. yeah, the reason why I don't, I don't say Phoenix Suns that, that that they will make the playoffs is because they don't have the vet presence. They're still they're still very young. Mm-hmm. Um, I think all the teams that we're looking at from from a Western uh, Conference perspective, you have L.A. Rockets, Denver, Clippers, Dallas, Utah. Um, you know, you you got Portland. So these are all all of these teams have a veteran presence, and they all have a dual star. And San Antonio, um, let's and, not forget about San them. Antonio. It's a little tricky for me, and it breaks breaks my heart because I I've always wanted San Antonio to be in the playoffs just to make it you know a little bit more interesting. Um, but I think this is the year they actually don't make the playoffs. Very well, could be. Yeah, could be. I mean, with your take on the Suns, I do think they have veteran presence now, which is why they're doing good, right? Ricky Rubio, he's he's a huge presence, and we forget exactly. they they're exactly. still missing DeAndre Ayton, and again, that could either have a good or a bad effect. Good, mm-hmm. as in you're getting a, a, a potential superstar level player back. But that, it could ruin the chemistry. Right. Uh, so we'll see how that goes. Right. But, uh, I mean, okay, so since we're already on the topic of Portland Trailblazers, yes. we've been holding off on this topic. But big news, big news. Carmelo Anthony yes. finally back in the NBA. Yes. Drama alert. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's so, a, wow, what a yeah. wild news. Like, that came out of nowhere. I, I remember just checking on my Instagram one day and I, and like, you know, like. Yesterday. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Was this? It, was, it was yesterday, yeah. Yeah, uh, and uh, Bleacher Report just like said, oh, Carmelo Anthony just signed Seven. with the Portland Trailblazers. I was like, Nuts. what? Nuts. Like there was no, there was no, there was no foreplay that happened. <laughs> it's just like, all right, let's go. You know what I mean? Can't wait. <laughs> yeah, it was just like there was no rumors about this. This was just like happening behind the scenes, and we were just like, boom, our mind just like <laughs> went crazy. But, uh, but I'm so happy for him, man. Yeah, like, yeah, he, definitely. He deserves it. Um, all right, yeah. So, what, what do you guys think? Uh, he he deserves another chance. It was very sad to see him. It would, would have been it would have been very sad if that's how his career ended. Mm-hmm. Uh, a Hall of Famer like Carmelo, he's gonna be a surefire Hall of Famer. Um, but 
for someone like him to end his career in that way when his peers, LeBron James is still dominating. D Wade got a like a you know, retirement tour. Yep. Right. Um, yep. We'll see how CP 3s goes, but he's still playing and he's like uh, making the OKC uh, Thunder pretty competitive. Right. Right. While Carmelo Anthony watched most of last year from his home, right. and again it w- it looked like this year was going to be the same. So I'm really happy Portland gave him the chance to come back and prove himself uh, and give him an opportunity to bounce back. I don't know how that's going to go fit-wise with the Portland Trailblazers since we were already on the topic. Uh, I think Portland's main issue right now is defense. And Carmelo definitely does not do anything to help that. Um, But they were in panic mode. So they brought in Carmelo Anthony hoping it would boost their morale or give them a boost of some sort to push them back into the Western playoff hunt. Mm -hmm. Um, And I really hope it works out for him because man, I don't want to see Carmelo Anthony go down like that. Uh, He was one of the best scorers uh, in the game of like uh, five six years back and he definitely has a scoring ability to take to, to make a difference in a playoff team Absolutely. if he accepts his role yep. and he has to be willing to accept that role if he wants to play in the nba for a long time yep. uh, for example look at what happened to dwight howard he, he his legacy is prob- perhaps not as great as carmelo anthony but he used to be a great player and now he took that backseat to lebron and he's having a career resurgence himself so Carmelo Anthony has to do something and stay mellow. Right, right. You know? Yeah. <laughs> to do that. Stay mellow. <laughs> what are your thoughts, Ryan? No, it's no, good. No, hey, no. I mean, I, I totally agree. Like, the way he went out and left the NBA, I felt like that's not fair for an NBA player. He right. didn't get a proper, whether it's a trade or a signing, he just was kind of kicked off the team. Uh, while he was still contributing, he was averaging 13-5. and five. It's not like he wasn't doing anything for the Houston Rockets. Yeah, maybe chemistry-wise, I don't know, locker issues, whatever could happen. I don't know the details of that behind the scenes. Um, it was unfair, and I really did want him to join another team to get that resurgence opportunity. Uh, but him joining the Blazers, great for Melo as a person, not a great fit for the Portland Trailblazers mm-hmm. overall. You have We just talked about it. They have two key scorers in Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum. They're all ball dominant. They're all ball dominant. Yep. And yes, as, as May mentioned previously, it is a 1-2 tandem league now. Top two players. Mello is still this guy, whether it's Beanie Mello, whether it's Hoodie Mello, whether it's Olympic Mello, Olympic Mello, whichever Mello it is. Or Stay Mello. Stay Mello. (laughs) (laughs) It requires him to have the ball in his hands and score because that is what he does. He's been doing that his whole career. That's a specialty. That's a specialty. But when you pair that up with Dame and CJ who also require that, who's going to take the shot in the last couple seconds of the quarter? Of the game, should I say, right? And I feel like Melo could disrupt that chemistry unless, like Salve was saying, he takes his role as a bench player. I do not think he'll be a starter. I think he's coming off the bench. A guy that when CJ and Dame are cold or they're resting, he can go and score a couple of baskets here and there. Similar to Dwight, maybe average like 10 points a game, contribute that. Not defensively, but Mm -hmm. he'll help out. In that aspect. I, I totally agree because I, I think uh, when Carmelo comes to this team, he has to understand that he's a role player and he's not going to be the player that's going to get multiple touches. Mm-hmm. But I do feel that this is his season to have a revenge because he's yeah. been toyed around for so many years mm-hmm. and for so long. The back, the backlash he got from New York, yeah. um, the scrutiny that he faced, that undeserving scrutiny that he faced as a as a as a star of the team, um, just you know 
juggling through teams and teams and and getting this bad rep around the league um you know it's just i just feel uh bad for him at this point yeah. and and I feel he got like, driven out of new york yeah, he, right remember that exactly phil jackson literally put his reputation right, right, to the right. ground just and smeared it yeah, to the ground and, and then traded him out exactly and, and like the way he carries himself off the court he's never been in trouble like he he never he never says things out of our out of character and he the way he handles the press and and just like an overall person just from like you know outside looking in i can just tell he's a good dude yeah and um and aside from his you know ego aside from his uh, style of play maybe it maybe it doesn't coexist with the league that's currently the tra- trajectory that's going in right now but i still feel that carmelo is still one of the top players a lot of play carmelo is actually one of the better players than like i would say 80% like no i would say 80% of the league but 60% of the league like you cannot tell me there's 80 like, there's 80% of the league that's better than Carmelo Anthony there's no sure. way there's mm-hmm. no way so offensively so, offensively yeah overall too yeah i mean like if you if you get, if you tell him to do a task i feel like he would do it i feel like now at this point uh, in his career that like he knows that he doesn't have that it factor and i i feel that he's has a lot a lot of things to prove in this season so Uh, him joining an under, underdog team and him being the underdog for the last four or five years it's a perfect match however i think he needs to come off from the bench with uh, you know kent with um, anthony nasir all those guys um and uh, he has to be the uh, be the you know most improved uh, or like the six man uh, yeah. coming yeah. in right so the thing about- that's his role Yeah, for sure. Uh, the thing about Carmelo Anthony was that he <clears throat> he's, he for sure is better than uh, 60% of the league. Yeah, for sure. Right? Uh, or, or, or a good number, number of the league. But the issue with him was never that he wasn't good enough. It was just that teams never believed that he would accept that right, role. Right, right. right? While players at Carmelo Anthony's level, they're probably like star role players now on yeah. their teams, right? Not stars, but really effective role players. And that's what Carmelo has to be. Right, right. Okay, let's uh, let's dive into a uh, little bit of a bounce back uh, watch list. I feel like there's like, you know... Talking about Carmelo. Carmelo. Yeah, talking about Carmelo. We already we already did that. Uh, I feel like now we can maybe transition to Dwight Howard. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know we've been we've been watching the league for for many many years and we've seen um that transition from Orlando Magic Dwight Howard <laughs> to Lakers Orlando I mean oh. like sorry Lakers Lakers Dwight and then Houston and then being now he's I feel like now that I see him in a Lakers uniform he feels rejuvenated he feels like he's um you know he, he likes to play basketball again he's around guys that are fun mm-hmm. like he I feel like LeBron also motivated him to to be himself and um and yeah I'm just super happy to see him what do you guys think man looks ripped <laughs> that's what I think yeah. <laughs> yeah. he's in the he looks like he's in the best shape of his mm-hmm. life And that's what accepting your role does, right? Yeah. And I, I mentioned him while I was talking about Melo. That's what Melo has to do. He Dwight Howard accepted his role. He realized his career was about to end if he didn't. If he still held on to his ego and kept trying to be the post-up uh, featured guy that he always wanted to be in his life. But that's not the league anymore. Right. And maybe you could have still been, he could have still been that 10 years back right but at this point definitely a no so he has to play like a clint capella which is what he's doing now rebound block shots put back dunks and he's being super effective at it because dwight has all the athleticism has all the skills has all the strength and the height to do that and he's he's making a huge difference in, on the lakers team and again I, he's also someone i'm really happy to see uh doing so well and you know uh, 
being a fan of Dwight back in the Orlando Magic days mm-hmm. and how he took the uh, team to the finals against Kobe mm-hmm. to now, uh, it's a it's interesting to see how that transformation happened. And I'm excited to see where he goes uh, this year with LeBron. Yeah, no, definitely. And yeah, he's he's doing well. He's accepted his role off the bench from a star player, you know, even coming off the bench behind JaVel McGee of all people, right? Mm-hmm. Who he can actually compete for the starting spot for. Right. But I think he dropped his ego Main thing is I feel like his new contract has really motivated him yeah, to really absolutely. play it's well. It's a day-to-day contract. It's a day-to-day contract. Knowing that you can be kicked yeah. out of yeah. your team at any moment and that no team, if you bounce around by three to four teams by now, a lot of teams know how you are in terms of your personality, in terms of how you are in the locker room. So the fact that, you know, the Lakers, and I would even say LeBron James had yeah. a lot of influence. Absolutely. To bring him in to the team and say, hey, we know what you've been through, but you have to really change the way you look at the game. And accept your new role. He's doing a great job. Yeah, exactly. I think they had a, before Dwight came in, before Dwight was even selected. Um, I think Rob Palenka and uh, AD and LeBron actually went into that meeting and convinced Dwight, "We wanna, we want you, but you need to act X, Y, Z, in order for you to come into the, into the mm-hmm. team." And that's when he realized, "Okay, this is the player I am now, and I have to accept it. And I wanna, I just wanna prove myself that I, I'm capable of doing such thing." And yeah. m- mind you, like his. He's a all-star level player. He used to be one of the MVP candidates. He was a top three player in the league in 2009. Yeah, 2009. Like, you guys understand, like, he used to average, his career stats is 17.2 points, 12 rebounds, and one assist. Like, that's like all-star numbers right now. You know what I mean? Like, if you were to like do that now, but career-wise, it's, it's, it's fantastic. Um, so he has that DNA. He has that, that it factor that if you need to, you know, put him in a lineup where, you know, um, let's say Javel's out or, or AD's out, he can be that dominant force to block shots, to do those little mm-hmm. dirty work. And and look at it, like, like you're mentioning, the shape that he is in right now, it's remarkable. He's so chiseled. Like, I was yeah, looking oh, at yeah. I was looking at <laughs> his like Instagram pictures. I'm like, dude, like how does that happen? Like how you know this was there's a rumor that he used to uh, he used to eat uh, uh, fries and, and McDonald's right before before games, <laughs> and he because he his logic was oh uh, he, um, uh, he he's he has a good metabolism so he can just eat whatever and 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 just pull it off right. But later like that I saw one of his interviews now he's saying how um, he doesn't think that way and he's actually really rigid on on his regimen. So uh, it's it's good to see a, a good change in Dwight. That's great for um, him. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh, another bounce back player that I kind of mentioned earlier, Andrew Wiggins. What do you guys think about him? Yeah, Wiggins, I feel like he's a talented player. But again, with the whole Minnesota bandwagon, I'm not jumping on their bandwagon too early. I think he needs to keep it up uh, consistently up until the All-Star break. I want to see what he can do, right? Whether it's injury. But I also feel like it's too early because they haven't played enough defenses that you can actually you know, say that he's actually improved his game significantly. Yeah, they've, they've beaten some good teams, yeah. but I feel like he's still up for that challenge. And up until the All-Star break, we can get a really good idea of right. how he does. I think I think uh, Minnesota is a really interesting team because I feel like they have been... They've been a, at a steady, steady pace for the last couple of years. And um, when you have two players like Cat and Wiggins, which is like, you know, one of the... Prolific, they're one of the pro- prolific scorers in, in, in the game today, and I, I think 
Me personally, I want to blame the coach. I think the coach is not doing a good job of uh, Tom mm-hmm. Thibodeau. Uh, he's not doing a good job of meshing these guys together. We have you have Jeff Teague, you have Wiggins, we have Cat. Like this is a this is a good team, man. This is not mm-hmm. a this is not a scrub team. I just think that they need to put like they need to put these players in a position where they can succeed. And I feel like as a coach, you're, they're not doing that as much. And I think that is the reason why Minnesota gets a lot of bad rep. Um, but in terms of Andrew Wiggins, man, I, I I feel like this is a year that he's really like you know as a Canadian you know person. And, and you know, being being from Canada, I want to root for him. But in the, in the past, like you know, several years, I just couldn't because he's just been such a disappointment. But <laughs> but I feel like this year, like I feel this is the year that he takes that that leap, that leap that makes him like okay, you know, this guy's legit, and we yeah. want, we want to put him in an all star all star team. Yeah. Yeah. yeah anyway, uh, maybe we can get into uh, you know uh, the who's leading the league uh, in terms of points, assist, and like maybe we can dive into like. You know what we think about them, and maybe if this is like a you know uh, a surprise or, or you know, yeah. this is expected, right? So oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, anything, Ryan? Harden, Harden, Harden. Oh my gosh, this you guy. Will Chamberlain <laughs> <laughs> reincarnated. I have never seen numbers like this. Yeah, I don't think ever by any player with except Will. So that's what I said. Oh, except reincarnated. Thirty nine points a game in thirty six minutes of action. And he's getting, he's still getting almost eight assists per game. That is insane. That is insane. When you're playing with Mr. Triple Double, Mr. Statline and Russell Westbrook, and your numbers have not dipped one bit. I don't know if it's the offense yeah. with Mike D'Antoni or who, whatever it, it is. You know, that, you know what's impressive? He's playing with one of the most usage rated players along his side. Yeah. Like, he's playing with Russell Westbrook. And he's still dominating. Like mm-hmm. to me, that is absurd. How he's able to still, you know, efficiently score, efficiently lead his team into, you know, second best in yeah. the West, and it's really remarkable. Yeah, the, the, this honestly would have been my fourth surprise if we had did a fourth because yeah. I did not expect James Harden to improve his output from last year. Yeah, playing with Russell Westbrook, mm-hmm. uh, I thought Westbrook would have been too much, and Harden would have come back down to earth. But man, he's averaging. Th- <laughs> 39 points a game. When do we think we're going to see that in our lifetime again? Oh, Never. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, other than Wilt, no one has ever done that. And I think he's going, uh, he's going, he's targeting to average 40, right? Uh, and it's insane. I feel like at this point, he's cr- uh, criminal, criminally underrated. Um, people don't give him the props for what he's doing. Mm-hmm. And I guess uh, because he's had some playoff failures. Right. Um, and I hope he he uh, he overcomes that this year. But even beyond the playoffs, people have to start looking at him and what he's doing on a night-to-night basis. And he's just toying with defenders. No one has an answer for him. No one has an answer for his free throws. No one has an answer for his step-back three-pointer. Nothing. Right. He's he's revolutionizing the game right he's now. Cooking. He's, he's cooking. cooking. he's cooking. He's cooking. He's cooking, man. <laughs> uh, yeah, that is that is nuts. Thirty-nine point two points per game. That is, uh, and even though he's averaging thirty nine point two points per game, Giannis still leads the MVP uh, MVP odds, which is uh, for me right right about now. I think Harden should be leading because he's carrying that team, right. and he's doing it in a spectacular fashion. Right. I think I think that is because um, he's in the second in the West, and uh, they didn't uh, start off in a, in a good note. Uh, I think they were. Um, Three and five to, to start off with, so that's probably why his ranking is low. But I feel like when he when he gets to the top of the West, uh, his ranking for MVP is going to go up. Well, easily, I, easily. I also feel like it's it's only fourteen games yeah. in out of an eighty two game season. Right. If he keeps this up, he will be. Mm-hmm. 
at the top. If not, he will end up winning the MVP yeah. if he keeps performing. Totally, like totally. And I think Giannis is uh, Giannis is going to be Giannis. I think he's he's you know he's averaging thirty points and uh, six rebounds, six assists. I'm surprised to um, see Bradley Beal number three points. Yeah, per game. Bradley Beal because thirty point one. John Wall is not playing, so he yeah. this is his team now. He he got a big fat contract, and he's gonna he's gonna keep keep yeah. improving himself. That he's still one of the you know prolific scorers in the game. Yeah. Another player that had an opportunity to bounce back on Bradley Beal's team, Isaiah Thomas. Yes. Yeah, he, that's uh, a that's uh, a throwback Thursday. That's a throwback Thursday. Wow, Isaiah Thomas, it slow grind. He's been doing. He's been doing pretty decent. Uh, he's been dropping about like 16, 17 points every yeah. game. I don't exactly know his per game numbers, but uh, yeah, the play games he's been playing, he's been uh, playing pretty well. But Washington is not gonna do enough to justify. Uh, yeah. Really, any storyline? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, they're gonna be the same. Uh, but again, same with him. I hope he bounces back, and I hope he. Uh, I hope uh, we see the old uh, IT of old. Yeah, absolutely. He's, yeah, but yeah, for those of you guys that play, play fantasy, this is a great pickup. If you don't have, if you don't have IT in your roster, pick him up. Like he's gonna. It's it's a, again like we said. Like, this is a dual league, and I feel that Wizards, uh, when you have Bradley Beal and you have IT, it's just gonna be a, a good combination and. They could be an exciting team. Yeah, they could be an exciting team in the future. But I feel like they need another piece to support Bradley. I don't think IT is that person anymore uh, to to support him. But yeah, yeah, IT is uh, definitely a sleeper uh, for sure. Definitely. Um, Definitely. Yeah, I think, um, you know, to to kind of segue into a different uh, hemisphere, I guess we can sort of talk about uh, the recent event that happened with, um, with Kobe showing up to the game. What do you guys think about that? La La Land, <laughs> the La La Land, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> with, with with his daughter Gigi, you know, like that, that was a that was a crazy atmosphere. Oh, uh, just like even now, now, you know, obviously we were not at the game, but just seeing that aura in, in the Staples Center and how many celebrities there were, and Kobe giving daps to LeBron, and you know, Kuzma <laughs> giving daps to Kobe, and just like so many things that were Dwight happening. Howard, him and Dwight, Dwight Howard, Howard Kindle, there was just like so much <laughs> that was going on. I was just like, kind of brought me to a euphoric feeling. Yeah, so. it, it was nice to see because yeah. Kobe goes back to Laker games, but he's usually there just to to either collect his uh, retirement uh, spe- or do his retirement speeches, or you know get his see his jersey get hanged up, uh, <laughs> or some special event of that sort. Kobe's never—I don't think I've ever seen Kobe go to a Laker game when it didn't mean anything. That was the first time I saw him go against Atlanta Hawks. Uh, and he was there. <laughs> so I don't know what he was thinking. Maybe we can, uh, uh, try to see what he was thinking. Why did he go to this game out yeah. of all the games? And what was he thinking? Yeah. yeah. What do you think, Ryan? What, what was he thinking? So I really think Kobe's a competitor, right? He's the Mamba. We call him, you know, he wants to be better than everyone else. And I don't think that dies out. That, if you do that for 20 years in the NBA, I don't think that you can just like put that away. You know, even outside after he retired, he's competing for an Oscar. He's, doing storytelling like he is one guy that's always on the ball with everything right even with himself in terms of when he got chubby he's trying to lose weight so i actually think he was looking at the new look lakers and and seeing hey are these better than my oh 20 sorry 2009 2010 lakers no, i don't think he was <laughs> but but i think in his mind he's thinking that king james coming to my town my city trying to take on the lakers take over them I mean, at the end of the day, he wants to be the greatest Laker. They redeemed him the greatest Laker. Now that LeBron's here, he might take that title. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's a fair point. I can see why um, La- like avid Laker Kobe fans uh, would think that way. Um, but I think, personally, I don't think it was a big deal. Uh, just because I think he... 
he wanted to show, show uh, support to the Lakers, and I think Gigi, she is going to be one of the you know one of the players that that's going to be upcoming in the WNBA. So I think she actually wanted to attend the game, and it's like, hey, why not? I'm Kobe Bryant. Let's go. <laughs> let's go to the game. Let's let's, yeah, I let's get free court time. Get, yeah, <laughs> you know, I, that's that's a very interesting point. I don't think they. I don't think it's free. I think they have to pay. Either way, Kobe can probably yeah, pay. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> Kobe I can easily afford Kobe, that ticket. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I think I think if if you're if you're a guest, uh, you know, like despite like whatever you do to the franchise, I think there's there's a discount. But I don't think they just you know get it for free. When you bring yeah. five championships, to the I, franchise? I don't know. I don't know. I'm just this is just speculation. I don't know. I, I'm not sure, but I, I don't think if so. If you bring five championships, <laughs> yeah. I think you manage a discount for <laughs> maybe, one maybe, maybe, for maybe. one game. But 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 just going back to what I think, uh, what Kobe was thinking. I just think that he was trying to be supportive to his. Um, you know, Lakers Nation, and he wanted to see how, um, you know, LeBron, Dwight, AD, Kuzma, how they play 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 together as a team. I'm sure he watches the game at nighttime, but to see them in person, I feel like that that, sh- that sort of shows that, hey, you know what? Like, even though this is, like, my town, it's forever is going to be Kobe's town. Like, no matter how much Le- LeBron brings, like, you know, two, maybe he can bring two, three championships, it's still going to be Kobe's, you know, Kobe's city because what he meant to that franchise for 20 years, right? That's never going to go away. So him... Showing that respect to LeBron, that hey, you know, you know, like this is like I'm giving the torch that that recognition in, in public. I think that goes a long way, and like I feel like people that are avid Kobe fans that have like this resentment towards LeBron, or like you know, you're coming into Kobe's territory and trying to take his, you know, throne or whatever. I think that kind of dim- diminishes that because because Kobe that gave that respect, you know, before because he showed up in like a national you know television game and 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 you know in Staples Center and just like giving them that dap, you know, like hey, I got you guys, I'm supporting you guys. I think that's it. I think I don't think there was like any any animosity within within Kobe. And he's too far to think of that anyway. He's too mm-hmm. far removed from basketball. He's into a different different walk of life right now, and he doesn't. I don't think he has that that sort of attachment anymore. What do you think? I think y'all are reading into it too much. I think it just... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think it just went back to the game to enjoy a fun game and tell Dwight, Dwight, you're not soft like Charmin. You look chiseled. You look good. <laughs> that's true. And, that's true. Uh, I'm glad they, 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 they squashed it out though, man. That was a, that was a long, long beef. If you think about it, oh, from, from, from Kobe yelling soft all yeah, the time, yeah, yeah, and just Dwight becoming, you yeah. know, just he was soft at that time, but now I think he realizes like he's he's, he's okay. a changed yeah, man. Yeah, he's yeah, a changed, changed man. man. But yeah, that was uh, that was the end of our episode. Yeah. Thank episode you guys. Two. Thank you Thank guys you. for listening. I uh, hope you guys enjoyed our you know conversations. Uh, we had we definitely had a great time talking about things we love, and uh, yeah, tune in for episode three. Should be should be good. You got three balls tuning out once again. So, peace.